0: Okay, good morning. Okay, it's good to be back with you all and with those who are not here physically in the class. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the rain, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that in rain or in sunshine you remain our faithful God. And this morning, Father God, we thank you for your breath in our lungs. And Father, we thank you for our relationship with you. We thank you, Lord God, for your word, Lord God, that keeps us grounded and sustains us in every situation. And Father God, today, I thank you for everyone that will be a part of this teaching, whether they're here physically at this time or will um, visit it via video later, God. I pray that your word would be rich towards them, Lord God, and that you will impart knowledge and insight, Lord God, and that with that knowledge we may be changed and that we will bring change to this world. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're continuing our study on the great I am. Last week, um, we started in the New Testament with Jesus, who declared himself as I am the bread of life. The great I am is the name of our study So we left off last week, as we begin to look at different scriptures that spoke to the bread of life, both in the Old Testament and we're coming towards the New Testament. But I'd just like to pick up where we left off last week. Still um, in review of our almost seven months um, gap to bring us back to where we were so today um in your handout your handout should start on page 20 and should end on page 31 so for those of you who may not have that that's where that's the handout you should be on Okay, so last week we left off reading a portion of scripture in 1 Kings, chapter 17, verses seven to 16, where God had commanded the prophet Elijah to go to a widow at Zarephath to be sustained. And we left off wondering Why, of all the rich people who might have had uh, no challenge um, assisting this prophet for as long as he might have needed it, why did God choose a widow? And then not only did he choose a widow, but he chose a widow that we learned was in a desperate and needy situation. Um, when we read the Word of God, it says that she was down to her very last meal. So when the prophet said to her to go ahead and to go and make him a cake and bring him some water, she objected to say that, well, I, I, I'd like to, but you know, sir, I can't because I'm just about to, 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 to make this little um, I'm gathering sticks, she said. to to make a a meal for just the last meal for my son and I, and then we will die. You know, many times we are at that place of desperation and feel our backs against the wall, and there's no other way out. We don't see any way out, and we speak it out of our mouth. But I am here to remind you that we have limited knowledge and limited insight but god has a way of providing for us and provision is usually already on the way when we think we're all spent so i want us to gain even though this scripture may be very familiar to with you i don't want you to leave or miss anything in this so just for continuity let's read it again and then we'll move on so first king 17 Seven to sixteen says, And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zerapath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. So I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of that city, indeed a widow was gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, "Please bring a little water in a cup that I may drink." And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, "Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand." So she said, "As the Lord God, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread." only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar and see i am gathering a couple of sticks that i may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die and elijah said to her do not fear go and do as you have said but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away, and it did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So a couple of things I want us to recognize here. When God spoke to Elijah, he said to him, I commanded a widow to feed you. But it seems as though God could have given her name. Then he would have known he connected with the right person. God chose not to do that. I don't know if there was only one person when he got there, but somehow he knew that this was the person who God had sent him to. Now, if God said He had commanded a woman to feed him, how come the woman didn't appear to have gotten the memo? Because she 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 didn't seem to know, according to this scripture, she should have been preparing or or, or expecting him or. Also, you have arrived. We don't see that recognition in their uh, um, interactions here. It says that when he, he arose, when he arrived, he met her on her last. Okay? And if God had commanded him to feed her, she didn't recognize the prophet as, as, as this was an assignment given to her by God. She didn't have any bread. You remember many times we read in the scripture that if people didn't have anything else, they had just the barley loaves, maybe the poorest of poor, in our terms, maybe we'll call it a pancake or or a muffin, something like that, okay? The the, the basic, basic necessity. I think the Jamaicans call it the ball cake. It would be the, the thing what the poorest person could afford. But there was always something to offer. They always wanted to be hospitable. They always wanted to have bread in case a stranger passed by that they could give them something to eat. Even if it was not much, much, it might not have been a lavish meal or a three-course meal, but they always had the basic bread ready. So we see that To the the prophet, he just gets up because God had guided his life from here to here. And now the brook that God was sustaining him by dried up, but God moved him on to a place. And he's moving him to a place, obviously, that he uh, didn't say, stop at so-and-so's address. She's got you. I have her ready. But I want us to see that sometimes we may choose people based on their abundance or, oh, she could do that with no problem. But sometimes God has a way of showing up to the person who is more in need than who you. he's asking you to supply help to. They may reach the point, you may be all disheveled, um, tied up in knots and um, going through emotional struggles. And that person who may be needy or who, who, who looks as though they have it all together, might just have needed a, a, a listening air from you that day, okay? I don't know what the need is, but while, all I'm going to say is just out of this scripture alone, it tells me that God's make preparations before you even have a need, okay? So he's setting up some things for us. We may think we are at wits' end, but God is never at wits' end. So I want us to remember that as we go forward. So a couple of things out of the scripture really kind of resonated with me. Of course, I tell you it's familiar and we could probably say the whole thing out of our head. Maybe not word by word, but give the general essence of this passage from memory. But what I wanted to say is, so he rose and went. So, was Elijah going to be sustained if he stayed in the same spot? No. The brook had dried up, and there was what? A famine, and there was no rain coming from heaven. So, he would have have been extinguished on his own account if he was not obedient to the word of God. So, one thing we must learn is in our whatever we are going through, to listen, to hear the word of God, because God will speak. Sometimes we are so busy listening to what another human has to say to, or, or what you think about this or what you think about that, that we forget to consult the one who is all-knowing and all-powerful and who has the plan up ahead for our lives. So I want us to to, to bear, uh, um, bear that in mind, that we need to listen in our situations to hear a word from God because God will speak. Secondly, I want you to know that before you had a need, God had already provided for your need. If you need um, to be reminded of that, you can go and just begin to read in Genesis. You will see that when Adam came, everything that Adam needed was here on the earth before him. God made sure that there was food he had occupation he had um, he had interests he had so many things he had he had he had he he was even given um, the job or the task I should say to name the animals so there was he had he had knowledge and the Bible says just when he decided that the zebra would na- would be named, so it was. Why did he name the kangaroo a kangaroo? I don't know, but so it was. So we saw that he had intellect, he had interest, and r- right now if we go back and we look at what he named them, I don't know if we could come up with any better name for the animals that he named. huh? With all of our intellect and degrees, now, so many years later, Their names still stand, huh? And so I want you to know that God has a plan that is not waiting for your difficulty. His plan is ahead of your difficulty and what you have need of, he knows already. The New Testament puts it this way. Our Father has, has knowledge of what you need of even before you ask. Huh? He's that type of, uh, of forward, prepared God. So sometimes we look and we don't know how we got in the situation, and we feel like we're in a pickle and we're all confused and exasperated. And sometimes we just need to take a step back and breathe and say, God, I am here and I know you know where I live. Because sometimes we get, we, we tend to get so frustrated and tied up in the natural that we believe God don't know where we are or that he cannot provide for us where we are or he cannot give us the answer to the situations that we're in because we're just looking, what? To ourselves. Hmm? But no matter how we got there, even if we got there through our own fault, even if we got there I making some illegal moves and we got there, God still knows. The Bible says everything under the sea you knows things on the earth. The things that we think are hidden, He says, are going to be proclaimed on the mountaintop or on the rooftop. He knows everything, and so we could just come, even if we are misstep, we could just ask forgiveness, and He can reset our lives and and put us back in a place where we can hear His voice. And we could follow his need again he allows you turns in our lives and i am so very grateful for that so we see elijah comes upon the widow and we see that she she declares that um she's on her last uh, morsel of of food and that she didn't even have bread to bring him but she had a little bit of flour which means that she had something that she could make bread with, but she didn't have bread. Now, here's here's what I saw in this, and maybe it's just me, but it looks as though the, the Elijah might have been considered, like, demanding or, 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 or presumptuous because he said to her, uh, um, I hear you say you're going to make, the little bit of flour is going to make your last. A meal for you and your son and you're going to die even though he heard that and he understood that he said to her but make me a bread first Mm -hmm. to her he's an absolute stranger now when he said that most of us would go you got to be kidding hmm or you off base huh you, you really ain't serious. We're going to say, no matter how, now, mind you, this, this person is a total stranger to all. Hmm? I don't even think she knew he was a prophet. There's this man in my face telling me, take my last and give to him. I don't even have the meal for me and my son, which is our last meal. But, but he said to her, he said, so she said to him, as the Lord your Godless, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil. She sounded to me like she was turning over a little Johnny cake in the pan or a little pancake, so to speak. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks to, that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son that we may eat and die. She is speaking death. She is speaking last, last meal. But let's look at verse thirteen and see what the man of God is saying to her. He says to He says so, and Elijah said to her, "Do not fear. When you reach to the your end and your last, it's easy to become fearful or to lack trust or faith in God." because we like to see two plus two equal four. We like to see positive balances in our lives. We like to see not just enough for the day, but a little bit more in our cupboards. I know many years ago I had to help a friend to understand, because when things changed in her life, when she couldn't go to the food store and do shop the way she would by the month, she got, all crazy I mean literally crazy she was almost beside herself and then when she opened a cupboard and uh, and uh, she saw like only one meal of rice and payday is far out and she doesn't want to be in a place to bag. she didn't she knew the word you know because she says the Lord said his seed will not bag bread I don't have no money to buy I can look at my cupboard can I remind you that what I had to do with her, I had to go to, 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 the, to the scripture and I just took, just simple now, we ain't doing no big Bible study. I said, let's look at this. I said, we, 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 we talk about the Lord's Prayer. Let's, let's just read it together. I didn't want her to say it from memory. I made her open a Bible. I opened my Bible. We're gonna read it and we're gonna read it together. Do you know what he promised us? Daily bread. He did not say bread by the month. He did not say bread by the week. Yes? What am I saying? When you need it, on the day you need it, it's there. Then God has been faithful to his word. So may he help us to understand that he provides what we need and when we need it. So Elijah said to her, do not fear. And do as you have said. He said, no problem with you doing what you say you're gonna do. But he said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterwards, go and make one for yourself, for you, yourself and your son. Now, if a handful of meal was only gonna be enough to sustain them, and he's asking her to deplete that small handful To make him one first. Then he says to her, then do it first and then go and do what you have said for you and your son. Right there, as the man of God spoke, I believe by the spirit of God, what he was telling her is that you see it as a limited amount, but God sees it as more than enough for me, you and your son just the same handful of meal of flour that she had at the time. So you're gathering your sticks to provide the heat, and you already know, well, ain't no other thing coming, this is it. And then this man, strange man, come up and asks. and then the man tells you, do, do my own first, and then check for you and your son. Many of us would not have been obedient in this thing and guess what her obedience in that is what set her up to be sustained not only for that one meal but for a period of time until the rains would come again and until the famine would be over huh so what i am saying is when we hear the word of God, it is not enough to hear it. She heard what the prophet said, but at that point, she still had the ability to obey or not to obey. The, 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 the blessing or your transition from where you are to where you could be and where you will be sustained throughout your difficult period is in your obedience to the word of God. So Elijah spoke, and she had a choice. She decided to be obedient. But I want us to look at, at verse 14. He told her not to fear. He told her what to do to, to serve him first. And I'm just going to put it like this. He, I want you to see him as representing God. And in everything you do, put God first. Everything else you need will line up after God, and you wouldn't be short when you put God first. And then to be obedient to the Word of God, for thus says the Lord. Here He gives her a promise. Now He says, "The Lord God of, thus says the Lord God of Israel." You have, you have, you have notes. Yes, um, we're on page twenty-nine. The bin of flowers shall not be used up. Nor shall the jar of oil run out, run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Now she could have she now has the promise, a word from God. and I want to encourage you when the Lord speaks to you, even if it's in your time of prayer. He may speak quietly to your spirit, or sometimes you're reading the word. And the written word, the Logos word, seems to become a rhema word that, it leaps off the page and into your spirit, and you connect with that word in a different way. Banyu, you might have read this chapter over and over and over again, but one day, it like, the the word comes alive in you. Mm -hmm. Whenever that happens, I want you to mark that word. Write it somewhere, or You know, it's not a a sin to write in your Bible. Date it or time it that that word became real to you. And then be obedient to whatever that word is. Because you're about to prove God in a new level just from understanding his word. So the widow she went and did according to the word of elijah and then it says so what did she do then that means she bought him his food first and then she went back and made for her 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 son and herself but in one line verse 15 says so she went away and did according to the word of elijah and she and her household ate for many days now I am a very graphic person. I don't believe all of a sudden the container that her flower was in did like this. I don't believe that happened. But I believe she was wondering what's going on here. I used it, it was already only enough for me and my son. I made it stretch for three. God made it stretch many more days And as long as there was no rain, her flower and her oil continued to be there, supernaturally replaced by God himself. Hmm? Not the prophet now, he was off the scene. He gave the word, she obeyed the word, and God backed up his word. He's waiting to do it in your life and in mine in 2020 and beyond. He has fulfilled his word in our lives in the past, and he has not changed. So when we're running short, let's listen to hear the voice of God. Then let's be obedient to the word of God, and we will prove that God is faithful to back his word each and every time. So her in a household ate for many days, and... It went just as according to the Lord. So sometimes we would like to see the overabundance and to be able to share, but sometimes when we we realize the type of God we are connected to, we'll realize that his name of El Shaddai says that he is a God that is more than enough. He's more than sufficient for our needs. So just as he proved himself with Elijah being sustained by this widow, and the lady who was in need more desperately, instead of her being on a situation where she was on her last meal, she was being sustained because of her obedience, straight through the difficult farming and rainless season until rain came back and the ground could produce again. So I believe God sent a prophet to her in order that that woman could have had a word her need was greater than Elijah's need because God could have supernaturally provided Elijah with, with water. He could have. Many times we see that he told somebody to hit a rock, water came. He sustained his prophet on the backside of a, of a desert, on a mountaintop, by having what? A raven, a bird deliver him food every day. It wasn't the ability of God to take care of his prophet. It was bringing something to this widow woman that she needed more. So again, if Elijah wasn't obedient, the woman would have had a problem. If the woman wasn't obedient, she would have eaten her last meal and died. Did you ever think about that? So obedience is very important. No matter what level we are at, if we're Holy Ghost fill here from God every day or if we're just a person quietly trusting God. Obedience to the full word of God. Now, I don't know about you. If you think she, she did um, uh, uh, make her son and hers first and even say if any leave over she could give the prophet, you think it would have been the same result? No. The word was, you know, we think we can have partial obedience. There's no such thing as partial obedience. It's obedient or disobedient. Full or none, okay? That's the word of God. So I want, in your notes you're going to see and you're going to do in your spare time, you're going to go back over this passage and you're going to list some things that stood out to you in the passage. But obedience to God resulted in the widow being sustained throughout the drought. And sometimes yielding your last can be your gateway into abundance. So I've highlighted that in your notes because that's what I really believe. Sometimes I, I, I say to people over and over, sometimes when you have a certain amount of money and it's not enough to, make, to meet the need, I, sometimes I just say, consider it a seed. Find some fertile soil and plant it and see what God will do from there. Pray and ask him where you can sow that seed. Because the Bible says, well, when we cast our bread upon the water, after many days, it will return to us. I guess what? It always comes to us in the way we need it the most. We may send it out in dollars and cents, but it may come back to us in counsel or in peace or, that we need while we're going through troubled times. But we will get it back. That's the word of God. Okay so the last portion in the old testament I would like for us to look at is second kings and I want us to finish this this portion today so help me god second kings chapter 4 verse 42 to 44 Then a man came from baal Shal Shalisha and brought the man of god bread of the first fruits 20 loaves of barley bread and newly ripened green in his knapsack. And he said, give it to the people that they may eat. But his servant said, what? Shall I set this before 100 men? He said again, give it to the people that they may eat. For thus say the Lord, they shall eat and have some left over. So he set it before them and they ate. And some left over according to the word of the Lord. Now, if you want a background for the first fruits, you can study that in Elijah, in oh, sorry, in, in Leviticus twenty-three verses fifteen to seventeen, and verse twenty. But what does Elijah teach us today? First fruit offerings were given to God or to the priest, and in the absence of a priest they would be taken to a prophet who represented God to the people because he always spoke on behalf of God. So we can safely say that Elijah could have received this gift solely for his own use with no problem. But when he received the gift, he thought about his students. They had what they called schools of the prophets. And many times when you read, you'll, you'll see um, in the word of God, the sons of the prophet. So it was like a school that he was mentoring these men of God, um, teaching them the word, not in a formal setting, like you may go into a classroom setting, but basically he was teaching them how to handle scripture and how to respond to different needs in people's lives. But he said, here comes this person, gives him this gift, and he says, today, he said, I'm sowing this into the lives of my students. I won't eat. I will give this to them. Even though this might have been the only way he would have been sustained, huh? Through the gifts of others, because they were full-time in ministry, yeah. moving from one place to one place. So you, Elijah received the gift of body loaves and some ears of corn was a significant. Why? Because it was during a time of drought again, yeah? So that that gift was was very specific. And I guess they said, well, make sure the man of God gets something because he got to hear from God to, to guide people. But the gift came from a religious person, no doubt, who knew the word and knew what it meant. And, it, 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 like how today sometimes you have people debating whether they should pay tithes on the net or the gross. Uh, and, and they trying to find a way not to give so much. This guy, this religious guy who bought this gift, say, if I short anything, it ain't going to be short the 10%. The first fruits came out first. Right? Then he'll deal with the rest. So the gifts of this nature normally help to expense, like I told you, the school or the church or the ministry. So Elijah reserved nothing for himself, but ordered it to be fed to the people, believed to be, in this instance, the sons of the prophets. And at that time, about 100 of them were in his company. It is a good example when the senior man is considerate and generous to those they are training. Um Many times we look in ministry and we see it look like the senior ministers have the politician attitude, all for me, baby. And they sort out themselves and almost, pardon my French, to hell, but who else don't get? That's not what we see in scripture. That's not what we see in the life of Jesus. He was always compassionate towards Making sure everybody else's needs were met. And so we see that Elijah was doing that just the same. So it is noted that the loaves in question, again, I want to say that do not think of your wonder bread or, or Roman meal bread that comes in a long loaf with no 22 slices. It wasn't that type of loaves of bread. This loaf of one loaf was almost the size of a, of, of a roll. So think of that. So if you had 20 of them, one guy could have filed 10 or 20 of them, easy, with no problem. And they say drink some water and old people will say have a good belch and go on, right? But he said to them, put, put it down, um, give it to the man. So the servants seem to have asked the right question. Yeah, this is a gift, but look here. This is a gift for one man. Are you asking us to feed a hundred men with this? You joking, right? This is a bunch of jokes. But no, it wasn't. So he feared being ridiculed or disgraced. The servants probably said, we put this before these men. They probably pick up some stones and say, get out of here. What y'all take us for? Y'all giving us a a baby food here today? Hmm? You got to be kidding. You putting this before a big, grown man? But when Elijah pushed back, he said, give it to the people. He said it not once, but he had to say it a second time. So this time, he said, the second time he said it, give it to the people that they may eat, for thus Saith the Lord. So what Elijah said, first he said, Give it to the give it to the man. Mm-hmm. Second time he validated it. He said, I'm not telling you to give it to the man. This is what God said to give it to the man. So we gotta watch what that obedience looks like. Huh? Because once God said what happened, the debate stops. If this is the word of the Lord, I mean you don't have no further discussion, right? So when we obey God, we will not be made ashamed. That's a lesson for us. When we obey God, we are not going to be made ashamed. Okay? Because God will always back up his word. So what should have been a meal for 20 more what I don't know what it is right there. I must have been sleeping what I wrote there. It says, "But it satisfied a hundred, not because of what it was. I, it was meant to be a gift for one man, 20 loaves and a couple of ears of corn. but he made it work for a hundred men. It wasn't the amount, but it was God's blessing on the amount that he had that made the difference. And guess what? The servant questioned whether it would be enough if you joke in to put this before a hundred men. But again, we see a supernatural blessing upon that which was little, but that which was sacrificed, and that which was was um, fed to the man in obedience to the word of God. God supernaturally blessed it, and guess what? He said it was more than enough. There were leftovers. What came for one man fed a hundred men, and they had leftovers. Now, you figure that out. That is something for us to think about. So in your notes, you see I left you some nines. How is this portion of scripture different or agreeable to the previous two passages we have discussed? You can do that in your spare time. But what I want us to know is that no matter how insufficient, how limited what we have may be in our hands. When we offer it to God and we're obedient to him, God puts his supernatural on the natural that we have in our hands, and it's a different outcome when he touches it. And that's in every area of our lives. So may God help us to be obedient, particularly... Then they said, thus is the word of the Lord. But when the Spirit of God speaks to you and you know it's God... Don't be afraid. You launch out because what you think is limited in the hands of an unlimited God is much more than you can see. Hmm? It's much more than you can see. And whatever you think you had that sit down for, you'll be able to finish that and more and have extra. God is no respecter of persons. If you could find in scripture where God did something before, because he's the God that changes not, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, it means he has the capacity to do it again. Only thing I want you to do is not box him in. He doesn't have to do it in the same method again. Hmm? He can change strategies on us. But he will always be faithful to his word. So let us be obedient to what he says to us each and every moment. So next week we move by the grace of God into John chapter 6 and delve into the New Testament with Jesus himself showing us I am the bread of life. God bless you.